uh, a joy for Janet and I to be with you tonight, to be part of a healthy church. It's great doing a healthy series. Um, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I'm going to share some things tonight, but the most important thing is you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to your heart. Okay, it's not about what I say, it's about what is he saying to you tonight. Because when we come into the presence of the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we expect something to happen. We expect to be changed. We expect him to speak to us. So, I don't want to drone on, I want you to hear what the Spirit is saying to you tonight. In fact, Janet had a word tonight when we were praying that there was an unlocking for people's hearts tonight in the Word. She doesn't know what I'm going to say yet. Okay? So we should say, Holy Spirit, let's just wait on him now. Just Holy Spirit, we say, come and speak to our hearts now. I give you permission to come. Bring revelation tonight. Grow us, we pray. Into healthy relationships in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for the, uh, the reading. I was thinking about this. I want to talk about godly love and healthy relationships today. And I was thinking about good relationships and about the time I was in the Navy. I'll talk a bit about that later. But the story of a chief, a uh, petty officer, who uh, saw a new recruit come onto his ship uh, and uh, called him over and says, uh, you know, you come here. Uh, and he said to... Uh, the young sailor, he says, um, what's your name? And the sailor says, John. So the chief, just like going bright red, says, I don't know what they're teaching you in training camp now, he says, but you don't come aboard my ship and uh, just call me by your first name because we've got a whole authority system and all that will break down if we don't have order. So if I ask you your name, you tell me it's like Smith or Watson or Brown. You just tell me what your name is, and then you call me Chief. He said, do you understand that? He said, yes, Chief. So he says, what's your name? He says, Darling, John Darling. So the Chief says, right, John, this is what I want you to do. It's quite funny. Relationships are good. We've got the right relationships. And Jesus uh, had that good relationship, then he had a healthy relationship with his disciples. And we were just at that point in the reading when Judas had left. When it starts off, when he left, that was Judas going. Jesus having a heart-to-heart. And it's very difficult to talk about love because it's so familiar to us. I suspect most of you knew the reading and uh, it's just all very familiar. How can we grow and change in that? So imagine if I said to you tonight, you know nothing about heaven's love. You haven't a clue what heaven's love is. You think, hold on, that sounds a bit like Mary giving me our time, wouldn't you? That's what it was like for the disciples. He said to them, Jesus said to them, you don't know what love is. 
So there's a new commandment now. There's a new benchmark of love. And that's what it meant, the newness. Isn't that, you know, the whole concept of love was new? Because the disciples could have said, well, I know the first commandment, love God with everything, and I know to love your neighbor as yourself. That's in the Old Testament. But he says, that's not the level. There's a new benchmark now where you've got to love each other. Okay, so this isn't optional, what Jesus is saying. The love that Jesus is talking about is the benchmark that each of us have to live to. Okay, that's, that's the command that Jesus is telling his disciples. So what is that new level where he says you've got to love people as I have loved you? And we know that uh, in this Orthodox Holy Week, and having just celebrated Easter ourselves, we know what Jesus did, that he died for us. He gave his life. It wasn't his last rollo. He gave his life. That uh, we could come back to the Father. And the word he used was agape, which is a very familiar love word. I'm just going to give you a quote of what it actually means so you understand what this means the love Jesus talked about means this it always seeks the highest good of the other person no matter what they do it's a self-giving love that gives freely without anything in return this is the benchmark okay I'm going to read it again it always seeks the highest good of the other person no matter what they do. It's a self-giving love that gives freely without anything in return. It's a choice that we make to live that life of love. It's a spiritual love that comes from the Father. If I said to you, uh, okay, what did, uh, you know, why did Jesus die at Easter? You know, you can say all the things that we've been singing about tonight. You say that uh, he died that I might be whole, uh, that I might be healed, my stripes were healed, that I might be forgiven for the things I've done wrong, any offense to God, his blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. He died that um, I could have eternal life, that death is defeated, that the devil's overcome, all those things. But that's not why Jesus died. From the earlier reading Mary came out. It says, the Father so loved us that he sent his Son to die for us. Jesus died because you are loved unconditionally. The same word used, the same, the same word of love. So this is what God the Father thinks about, you know, about this. He's seeking the highest good of you. That's his example. The Father wants to do the best for you and that best was giving sacrificially his son that's why Jesus died because he loves you because the father loves you and he said this is the baseline of how we have to live our lives he then goes on to add in that the second part of that uh, verse he says that all men will know you are followers of me if you love one another and so often we get wrapped up in programs, don't we? All the things we think we should do to get other people to know Jesus. 
the defining benchmark is that people will see it in your lives. If you want to love Widcombe, Widcombe will know what it means to be loved when they look at St. Thomas Church and they look at St. Matt. You won't have to tell them. It's how you live will be the witness to the world. Okay, so the challenge is, how can I have a healthy relationship with God for a start, where I know that I am loved, where I'm choosing to put others' needs first, when I'm willing to sacrifice myself for others. That's, that's what he, he calls us to do. And it is doable. I just want to read another little quote, which is from uh, a guy called Tertullian. Has anybody ever heard of him? Good, that is amazing. He's around about AD 200, of the early church fathers, and he wrote this in his work called Apology. He wrote, But it is mainly the deeds of a love so noble that lead many to put a brand upon us. See, they say, how they love one another, for those in the world are animated by mutual hatred. See how they are ready even to die for one another, for those in the world would rather put others to death. So the whole difference of how the world operates and how the body of Jesus operates. 200 years after Jesus died, the world could see that they were followers of Jesus because they were willing to die for one another. So the benchmark is right up there. We've got to change the whole way, our whole attitude of how we think. I love the vision. Did you get excited by what Tim shared? Yeah, one of you? That's really good. Just another 400 to work on. Guys, this is so exciting. I just was going to say to him, put a flat roof on to him, it's easier, but not so easy, maybe. It's just, it's amazing, isn't it? That the whole opportunity that you have right now to reach out into this community. But it's not the words that you use with people. It's how you model the kingdom of God to those around you. It's how you treat one another is the benchmark for others wanting to be like you and wanting to be part of your community. So that's the challenge for all of us to, in growing into being a healthy church and having healthy relationships. It's got to be based on this benchmark Am I seeking the best for others first? It's about, am I putting others first? That's the benchmark we've got to do. Does that make sense, yeah? Not, not too unorthodox yet. I was praying about what to, to share as well tonight. And I felt, because uh, it took me a little while, wasn't it, to, to get through to what I felt was right. To have healthy relationships, I think the Lord wants to have you hear something about soul ties tonight. Okay, the things that we talked about, Tim said about um, your soul. Your soul is made up of your uh, emotions and your mind and your personality. It's, it's who you are. And we were singing, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, weren't we? Give him everything of who you are as a person. I keep walking from there there. It's so warm. It's just, I don't know how you're doing, guys, but I'm, I'm having a great time. 
I think this is really significant. Another way of saying it, it's about godly relationships, holy relationships, healthy relationships, good soul ties. I'm just going to, just a quote uh, from uh, Terry Savile Foy wrote uh, quite a bit about this. So I think it's significant that uh, we, let, we just think of definition. It's an emotional bond or connection that unites you with someone. You can become bound to a person through your soul, okay? through your emotions or your mind. It can be a connection. And we have far more soul ties than we think. Okay? And God the Father wants us to have these relationships. He wants us to have good, healthy, wholesome relationships with people that uh, grow us and, and bring us on and encourage us. But there's also unhealthy soul ties which need to be dealt with because they can get in the way of our walk with, with the Lord. So if we just think about these uh, briefly, um, the healthy soul ties begin, first of all, uh, in uh, a marriage. So, we have a healthy relationship here. Ben and Beth. Just met them tonight. Isn't that good? Married two weeks. Is that right? Three weeks. Three weeks. Get that right. I even got that right. Okay. Now, I'm not standing here saying we, we, we've got a perfect example of a, a healthy relationship. But, you know, a man and a woman coming together. That is the biblical principle of a healthy relationship where intimacy takes place, where sexual relationships take place. Okay? Something happens, it says in the Bible where you are knit together. There's a joining. There's something, a connection with someone you have a relationship with like, like that. Uh, and for those of you who are married, uh, you know, you're given somebody to journey with you in your life who completes you. And the healthy part of that relationship is talked about in Ephesians 5 when Paul talks about actually... You know, husbands, love your wives as, as I love the church. You know, you've got to sacrifice yourself for your wife and for wives to love and respect the husband. So that's one whole area that starts with within that intimacy of family life. Uh, the second part was in, within the wider family. Okay? We talk in the scriptures about having healthy relationships with our parents and our siblings and our extended family. To demonstrate a culture of honour to our parents uh, and to others in our family, okay? Well, we model, you know, to honour your father and mother. You model something of heaven to them. Within that relationship, to, to grow and uh, to, develop, to develop, they would be a family there for you. So that's, that's a wider uh, earthly family. The Bible talks also about friendships which can be close, so close, they're like family. Um, there's an example in the Old Testament of David and Jonathan on Samuel 18. And those guys just really, uh, they were so close. I just want to read the relationship it says in that verse briefly. So that's 1 Samuel 18, verse 1 to 4. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan and David made a covenant. 
because he loved him as his own soul. So there's that closeness you can have with somebody who's a real friend. Now, I don't know if you've ever had that with anybody. It's a really special person or people. When I was uh, in the Navy, you got a new, finely honed warrior standing before you. Okay? There were wooden ships then, but... You know, you would, you would just somehow, you just got so close with the guys in your mess and on your ship that you would die for them. You knew they had your back. It wasn't about fighting. It was just about this closeness and camaraderie and bond that was really special. And uh, you stuck up for one another and you were almost like brothers. I understood what it meant for, for David and Jonathan to be like that. To want the best for other people in your group. And when I left the Navy, I didn't think I'd have that uh, time again. But actually, I found it uh, later on in the church. Because that's the other group. And uh, Tim talked about that passage from Acts, didn't he? When they, they were met and they were of one accord and in harmony with one another. Those guys really loved each other. They really wanted the best for each other. And... Uh, we're discovering that within the church family. Janet and I journey with a group of people in Bradford Haven, And we've been doing that for three years. And the core, there's about 15 of us. And we're really growing together. And we've got such a strong bond. We're also journeying in the city of Bath with Tim and Sarah and some of the other guys in the, in the churches there. Working together because we want the best for each other. And, and the Father's brought us together. And uh, we're really close. So you can find that within the church. And you can, also, um, you can also have vows as well and promises which tie you to other things. You can make promises and commit yourself to things. Okay. But not all soul ties, not all of godly these relationships are healthy or holy. And... You need to think about, are there any areas in my life where I have a soul tie which needs to be renounced and broken off? I think that was part of the word for tonight, to grow in holiness and a healthy church. So I don't know, I don't know what they're doing to the kids, but healthy church, redefine that. Okay. Yes? I think putting children through a blender is part of your... It's, it's not to Tim, no. So just think about, okay, what are some of these things? Any sexual intimate relationship outside of marriage, you are still tied to that person, unless you break that off. Because we know there's something of a knitting that takes place in the soul. It says something spiritual happens. And we need to think about and this woman, Terry Savile Foy, is really helpful in saying it doesn't matter whether that was in the past or there's a distance in physically with someone. You need to break any ties that you've had with someone in that position because that's not a healthy, godly relationship. It's an appropriate setting for that, that the Father designed. It's the same it's within um, friendships you think about sometimes what started out as good friendships can become bad friends. I, 
I could, we've got close friends, Janet and I, we might not see them for five, ten years, and suddenly you can say it's like you never left, you know, you know, you just carry on a conversation. You know those sort of people. But there are other people who become so close, it becomes almost claustrophobic, and it becomes controlling. And uh, we know of people who, um, you know, a particular woman who's developed a friendship, and it impacted and changed her family life. Well, the fruit of that is it's not a God. It's not a healthy relationship if it impacts and changes what's happening in your family. And it led to an abusive situation where that person was actually being controlled um, and the person had given her too much authority in her life and was speaking into her life too much. So you've got to think about, are there any friendships which actually are unhealthy or people in the past who you need to just cut off any ties that you've had, to, you've had with somebody and just break those. Sadly, it can happen within the church. You know, the church is supposed to be a good place. The church is supposed to be a place of wholesome family and modeling to the community. But some church situation can become abusive where you have either leaders who are being controlling or heavy shepherding, they're dictating to what happens in your life. You know, you can have a good time in a church in the past and move on to, to another church and people won't let go of you or there's some wrong ties in that. It's just starting to think about, have I been tied to a group of people in a negative way which you need to cut off? You used to say, I want to go on with you, Lord, and I want, I want your love. The fruit of it is, is it reflecting what the agape love says? Because that's the baseline for all relationships. Now, Jesus said, that's the benchmark. Put in, your, put in others first. Are people putting you first? Or are they controlling you? One of the questions you have to ask is, how do we as a church family not become controlling? How do we keep healthy? How do we make sure we're always putting uh, other people first? Not trying to make something happen which isn't right for them. When I, was, I was reminded of something earlier when we were worshipping. I think it was the Holy Spirit. It just reminded me that there are two schools in Bath, at least two I know of, where part of a peer group pressure is to self-harm. Okay, that's not a healthy relationship. Okay, where it's part of, uh, I know, individual uh, young people in their teenage years have been encouraged to cut themselves. And it's just a culture within their particular friendship group to harm yourself that is not of God that's not a good relationship we need to break off any ties it may be in this it's happened to you in the past I don't know there might be something that the, the Holy Spirit just wants to set you free from a relationship which hasn't been positive for you the fruit of it is does the other person want the best for me not the worst for me okay so there's lots of challenges when we think about healthy relationships. You've got to balance. Uh, what's the fruit of that? Is there, are there any unhealthy ties? Have I made any vows? I know we was talking to one uh, person about this who had a bad experience about men in the past. And a vow she made was, I'll never trust men again. That's not healthy. That's not a godly belief. That's something that you have to, if you have made a vow or a similar vow, something like that, you have to cut off that vow really Bethel Church in uh, 
California, as you know, Bill Johnson's show. So working a lot with uh, gangs of young people who make vows to each other. And there's this whole gang culture, which are not, it's not healthy. They've got to try and encourage people to come into the church to cut off those ties which have connected you to people. Janet and I uh, know someone uh, within New Zealand and Tongan community where there's been lots of gang warfare. This person became a Christian, but they were just covered in tattoos because that was part of the gang culture and had to do a lot of ministry into what those meant and cutting off the ties around that. So when I was praying about this, it was just thinking about, we're very familiar with these scriptures. Okay, but we, we want to say, Lord, what does it mean for me to die, to give up myself, not only for other people, but for those who you love as well? It's making a choice to love people across the churches in Bath. Tim talked about the churches. They might not look the same as us. The guys who meet over there would look different to us in that bit of partition in there. But we love one. We can say we love one another. We want the best for them. And I think it's just amazing you guys give up your space so that they can be themselves in this place. So I honour you for that. But we don't want anything, do we, to get in the way of healthy relationships. So I'm going to take in the last few minutes we've got, I'm going to give you an opportunity to renounce any soul ties that you feel you might have. Okay? I'm not saying you've got any. But it's an opportunity tonight to say, I don't want any of those things to get in the way of my journey into healthy relationships. And I want to also bless everyone to have the good soul ties in their life. So there might be some single people in the room tonight, and I want to bless you to find the right person for you to able to fulfill yourself. Does that make sense? Okay, we'll stand, stand in silence. Okay, this is serious, this is serious business. It's, but it's good stuff, it's encouraging. Okay, because it says that when I can give my, bless the Lord with my soul, I'm not tied to anything which is not of heaven. Yeah? So I want to just let the Holy Spirit come now. You're going to wait on him and just let him see if he shows you anything. Is there anything that you need to renounce is might you need to ask for repentance you might have committed some sin within that that you need to say I confess that now and I repent of it and I want it to end I want to cut that off it might be a, a relationship from the past which you can't let go of if it takes over your mind and your emotions it's got your soul so if you're tied into constantly thinking some, about someone saying Lord help me to cut that off to renounce that so, just let me be quiet for a moment, that's okay. And then I'll lead us through a prayer together.